Bright and low, the full moon illuminated the secluded lake surface nearly as clearly as daylight. The lone fisherman settled into his favorite spot, soaking in the calming sounds of the clear night. He took his time setting up his things, spending extra time getting his rolling paper just right before fumbling for his lighter. It was just as he began to flick the flame to life that he realized that the night had gone completely silent. Every hair on his body stood upright in alarm. The back of his neck prickled uncomfortably. Dread knotted his stomach. Slowly, he turned his head. Fear slackened his body, even as disbelief tried to find some alternative explanation to what his eyes saw. The figure was enormous, easily seven feet tall and muscled like a heavyweight fighter. As though that wasn't terrifying enough, it wasn't human. Amber dog eyes glared down at him from a dog's head that sat atop the massive shoulders. The creature's lip curled, showing long, sharp canine teeth that put any wolf's to shame. He felt his control over his bladder let go. Faintly, as he accepted that this creature would likely kill him, he heard the sound of his buddy's ATV approaching. He turned his head to shout a warning to his friend, but no sound would leave his mouth. He closed his eyes in defeat, turning back to accept his fate. But nothing happened. When he opened his eyes, the beast was gone, leaving nothing but unbelievably huge paw prints in the soft earth and urine-soaked jeans on the fisherman. Welcome back to A&A's Tall Tales. I'm Andrea. And I'm Amanda. And we have a really fun one today. I'm excited. Me too. So we are going to touch on the dogman legend, myth, mystery, however you want to put it. Cryptids. My favorite. You really like the cryptids. I do. They're kind of fun though. They are. There's so much room for personal stories and supposition and what ifs, and I love it. Oh, before we get into it, my one friend um, said that he's going deer hunting, I think, this week or next week. And he's like, I'm totally going to look out for not deer. I'm like, if you see one, please let me know. <laughs> it's really funny you say that because last time I was out at my one client's place doing training and riding lessons, she had never heard of not deer before. Hmm. Right. So I started telling her a little bit about it. She got a really funny look on her face and she goes, you know, my one son, he, since he was a child, you know, like a early teenager, 13, 14 years old, insists that one season deer hunting down by the creek, he ran into something that was not actually a deer. It wasn't quite right. Interesting. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't been back out to her place since then, just with all this crazy weather and the time change stuff going on. But she was going to talk to him a little bit before I see her next and try to get his story some. So I might have an update later. I might not. But I thought that was just interesting that as soon as I explained to her what a not deer was, she was like, oh, that makes me so happy. Yeah. But anyway. Anyway. Dogman. Dog <laughs> Jinx. Oh. I was surprised. So this, this topic was my idea, but I was also really surprised by 
what I got myself into during research on this. Uh, yeah, because once again, I knew nothing about dogmen or what dogmen were, but oh my goodness, the rabbit hole of just, oh, this has gone on for a lot longer than like anyone has probably ever thought. So <laughs> part of my fascination with the dogman is I, I had heard, so I sit in an office eight and a half hours, nine hours a day, and I do a lot of typing up pleadings and legal documents and it is mind melting. So I really enjoy listening to different podcasts and things while I'm doing that just to create some background noise to cover up the office background noise. And I had heard a podcast about a dogman story in Northern Ohio and it caught my interest because when I was a kid riding the school bus going into, and I grew up in a fairly rural school district, I saw something strange one day, one morning, while it was still dark out. And I've never really put a finger on what it was. But when I was listening to the description of Dogman, I was like, okay, this, uh, that sounds pretty familiar in a lot of instances. So when we started looking into, I say we, like I have multiple personalities. I meant you and I, but <laughs> when I started looking into what exactly this is, oh my goodness, the rabbit trails, just a fair warning, heads up, everybody, this is going to get a little weird. Uh, yeah, just a little bit. Like possibly a lot of weird. A lot, a little bit of weird. A little, lot, a bit of weird. <laughs> One of those two. <laughs> So the first thing I did was look up the definition of a cryptid because it occurred to me that we've talked to, we've talked to, I wish we've talked to several cryptids. We've talked about several cryptids here lately and I kind of take for granted that everybody knows what they are and maybe they do, but I liked this description that I found and the definition are animals or other creatures whose existence is only assumed or believed based upon anecdotal or other non-compelling evidence. And for some reason... Does that make ghost cryptids? I'm so glad I'm not the only one that had that question. But I think so, in a way. Okay. And then... I'm just going to assume ghosts are cryptids now. <laughs> Why not? I mean, it's kind of fun, right? So then, the other thing that, as we were looking into... There I go with the royal we again. As I was looking into Dogman... The other thing that kept popping up was werewolves. And I think even you had asked me when we first started looking into this or at the end of last episode, what was the difference between a dog man and a werewolf? And I was like, I don't know, but mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure there is one. The biggest difference that I could find is that a werewolf, according to legend, obviously we're, we're not working on any scientific data here. According to legend, werewolves are humans that transform at a certain time of the month or at certain times into a wolf. A dog man is a hybrid humanoid creature and that is all they ever are. They do not transform. Yes. That's the difference. And also dog men have a, they have a, penchant for being enormous 
And I guess maybe werewolves do too, but like that's not really something I've ever paid attention to. Yeah, the the height I got pretty consistently actually across like all the different platforms I did research on was seven feet exactly. That's what I found too, with the exception of a couple that said between 10 and 12. Yeah, there was like one or two that said maybe eight to 10, but then 99.9% were no, it's seven feet. Yeah, which is oddly specific, but the ones that tended to be in the taller range also seem to be out in the Western states. Yeah. So there's that, just putting that info out there. And they are obviously canine-like, very humanoid. Most of the descriptions, it seemed like there's almost three different types of dogman. The first being a more canine type of creature who typically is on four feet and can be upright on two hind legs, but is much more canine in appearance and behavior. And then there seems to be a second tier or a second type that is kind of half man, half dog, and can interchange between the two types of behavior, running on all fours, running on two legs, being bipedal. Um, And then there's the human body, perfectly formed human body with a dog head as the third type. Lots of variety. They all tend to be described as extraordinarily tall and large and muscular. There's reports of mostly amber eyes, as in typical dog-wolf type eyes. But there was also some different stories that included blue and red glowing eyes. So that was kind of interesting. Why always red glowing eyes? I don't understand. I don't know. As much as you and I spend time that we spend outside in remote areas, I've never seen something with red glowing eyes. I mean, the, I've the seen only eye thing shine. I can think of is, oh, you're going to kill me because as a vet tech, I should know what it is. But whenever when cats dilate their eyes real big and then the light catches and it reflects like green. I don't know if it does that for different, if other animals have that, if it does it for different animals, if it's different colors. Well, see, that's the thing though. Like when we're out riding, especially around dusk and everything, you do get that eye shine off of different animals. I mean, even deer and, but I've never seen it red before. No. Not even on predators. And the shine is reflective. It's not like everybody's saying it's a specific glowing. It's not a shine. Right. And now, to be fair, though, a lot of the stories and and encounters that I came across, they did happen at either dawn or dusk or the middle of the night. There didn't seem to be a lot that I found during the day. There was a couple that happened during the day. So you'd almost have to have some light source shining on them to see. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I've never run into one and I'm hoping I don't. Oh, no. Well, so that's the thing is like some people are like they are not aggressive at all. They will charge you to defend their territory, but they will not attack you. And then other people were definitive. No, they will charge and rip you to shreds. But no one's actually been hurt by one. So I'm highly confused as to 
temperament wise what they're like that's that's the other thing that i found the same things and then my mind immediately goes to how do we know they don't attack people and rip them to shreds those people wouldn't be around to tell us about it unless you're hugh glass that's yeah that's fair (laughs) so that also seems to be in in all fairness of being logical about this it seems to be almost regional the appalachian dogmen tend to be terrifying they all Mm -hmm. are terrifying but the appalachian dogmen seem to be highly aggressive the ones that i was finding some information on that seem to be in northern ohio and some of the rural areas here are more evasive and just territorial just kind of like if you're passing them on the street they'll just kind of stop stare and walk on by but if you get into their territory they'll chase you off and then stop yeah it's very interesting because with the size and some of the vocalizations that they are reported to make there's a lot of similarities in my mind to bigfoot and It seems to be they kind of have similar territory behaviors, minus like rock throwing and things. But as far as the Mm -hmm. charging and posturing and it's it's interesting. It it gets my attention, especially the fact that their howls, their sounds that they make are eerily human-like. Robert and I were sitting at the airport the other night. We're getting stuff moved into a new hangar for him. It was late, it was dark, it was just he and I, and apparently coyotes love these small airports. We're sitting there in the pitch black, just catching our breath for a minute, and the coyotes were so close, but it sounded like there was a woman being murdered, like, 100 feet up the road from us kind of deal. I was going to bring that up as coyotes are horrible sounding creatures. Yeah. So then the other thing that... (laughs) I ran across in some of my research, there was a video that I watched that was done by a naturalist down in one of the Southern Ohio, Northern Kentucky park areas, talking about some of the different sounds and playing different vocalizations of the different animals in that area. And there was one that really stuck out to me that I did not know sounded that way. And that was fishers or fisher cats. Hmm. Yeah, they're the really interesting kind of minky type smaller animals. And they are, oh my goodness, eerie. It's amazingly eerie. I may try to find that link to send to put up on the website because it's, it explains a lot because obviously, I shouldn't say obviously, there's so many animals down in that area that sound human-like or sound just hair-raising and chilling such as the panthers and mountain lions and coyotes and even bobcats and i don't know if anybody's even heard rabbits before but they sound horrifying i just side kind of side tangent i think it's interesting because you think of animals and you're like oh cougar typical cougar growl that you hear but they make so many more different noises than just that that like do you really know what a cougar sounds like right just putting that out there as well 
do we want to get into some of the more well-known instances of dogmen? Well, the last thing I have is whether or not they're pack or solitary creatures. Yeah, that's a good point. That also kind of seems to be regional. It does. And it also seems to go along with the type of dogman. Mm -hmm. From what I found, because there was several occurrences over toward Minerva, Ohio, which is around the Akron area. So northeast. That they're very pack oriented and very dog like and almost can blend in with dogs. Yeah. Until they don't. And then there's also a couple of instances that direction and then down toward Dayton that they are very solitary. So it's just it's very interesting to me, all the variations between it. It is, but even with all the variations, the variations seem to be very consistent, if that makes any sense. No, it does. Like, there seems to be, for as little information, as hard as information was to find on these things, it seems to be very consistent according to each type of creature. So, I'm sorry, my boss just texted me that our office building has um, a potential electrical fire going on. Oh, cool. Well, that would be, that would be an interesting uh, way to get out of work. Mm-hmm. Too bad it's Friday. Well, thank goodness nobody's there. We all leave early on that Fridays. That too. Yeah. Huh. Well, that's weird. Anyway, okay, I'm sorry. Dogmen. You're fine. <laughs> um, so the very first instance of dogmen that I could find that just about everybody references is in 1887, there were two lumberjacks up in Michigan. Um, They were cutting down trees when they saw a creature, once again, seven feet tall, amber-eyed, bipedal canine with the torso of a man. Yes. And this is probably the most famous one. Dogman in and of itself, just the cryptid creature, doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. But the Michigan Dogman does. Yes. And this has gone on. These sightings have gone on for decades up there, which I thought was really interesting. Specifically in years that end in seven and every 10 years. Yeah. Now, how much of that goes with the story that the radio producer made up, though? I never actually listened to that song, but oh my goodness, people would not shut up about that radio DJ. Yeah. So Steve Cook in 1987, according to him, at a pure coincidence, he didn't even know the dog man existed, used his imagination around Halloween to come up with a song about a canine human hybrid creature. And played it over the radio. Oh, sorry. It was for April Fool's. Yeah. Not Halloween. It was April Fool's. And basically people kept calling in and he collected so many dogman stories over the years. Just people calling in saying, no, I've actually seen that thing. And he was, he claims he didn't know it existed. I think that's a little weird, but. Yeah, I don't believe that personally. 
Um, I did find a cool note that says whether or not it's true, I didn't look too much into it, that said he did eventually sell the song as a single, and then all the proceeds he donated to an animal shelter. Which, if that actually happened, makes my heart so happy. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I do like that. Other reports for the Michigan Dog Man in 1937 Robert Fortney was attacked by five wild dogs. One he claimed walked on two legs. Similar reports occurred in the 1950s and 1960s. In 2007, which is one of the most famous things other than the 1987 and the DJ song, is something called the Gable Film. It was supposedly an original 8mm dated back to the 70s that some dude found in his dad or his grandpa's attic or something. And was a video of this family having a nice picnic and in the last 30 seconds shows positive a dog man charging at him. Oof. The cameraman. Everybody talks about this film but I don't have when he did it, but at some point the Gable film creator came out and said it was in fact a hoax. So if somebody says, oh, the Gable film, when you're talking about Dogmen, it was a hoax confirmed by the dude who uploaded it. Of course. There's a ton of interesting clips of from around the world. There's actually one from Brazil that was really intriguing on YouTube and TikTok. And I'm sure if you want to deep dive into those, make sure you have an hour or two. Yeah. Yeah. Other famous dogmen include the Beasts of Bray Road, which is in Wisconsin. Which is kind of a fun one. I don't one. Have, have a lot. I just have dates, 1936 and 1980s and 1990s. And that's literally all I have in my notes. So oddly enough, that also kind of coincides with the whole every 10 years thing. Mm-hmm. Not not so much on years that end in seven, but this took place in Elkhorn, Wisconsin. Much like the rest of our stories, the beast that they cited was seven feet tall, bipedal. This was another one that kind of confused me a little bit as far as the temperament. <laughs> There was a lot of people that just described it as looking into cars that it encountered, punching over and staring at people threateningly without ever really actually doing anything. And then there's other people that swore that it was part bear, like part bear, part dog, that it was very aggressive. The first sighting was in 1936. Again, it was threatening a vehicle it left long scratches on the doors and the trunk. One lady even said that she hit it. It had red eyes and chased her back into the car. She climbed in the back seat of the car and it attempted to get into her vehicle, leaving quite a bit of damage on the outside. She climbed through the front seats and got out of there, which that kind of creeped me out. Hmm. Another lady in the 1980s reported seeing the same creature 
very similar described creature, maybe not the same, pursuing a deer. Around that same time, there was a lot of reported animal mutilations in the area, including not just deer, but livestock that had been partially eaten with specific pieces and organs removed. Again, at the same time that these mutilations were being found, there was an unusually large man-wolf creature seen eating an animal which had been hit by a car on the side of the road. And when the the lady that came upon this started to approach, I don't know if she approached it in her vehicle, if she got out to approach it, whatever, the animal ran. So in one instance, it tried to attack the lady that got out. And in another instance, it ran. So kind of interesting to me. Then these sightings continued and the most recent one that I came across was actually in July of 2020. There wasn't much of it and it was in Walworth County. The witnesses, all they reported was coming across and observing a quote, large hair covered upright creature in Spring Prairie and Lions. So there was more than one instance But that was it. There was nothing else. There was no explanation, anything. Nobody seems to be able to make up their mind whether these sightings all the way back to 1930s up until 2020 are hoaxes or if it's, you know, simply that people are seeing a large dog or a gray wolf that possibly has some sort of medical condition, even maybe a bear suffering from mange that they're seeing, but nobody's been able to prove a hoax. Nobody's been able to prove something else. It, yeah, it, it's very interesting. Hmm. That's the beast of Bray Road. So this is all the way out in Wisconsin. And then we come up on the werewolf of defiance, which is in Ohio. Which I have nothing on. So that one is also all you. <laughs> This was documented in 1972 by a handful of local newspapers in Defiance, Ohio, and Toledo. From what I could find, there were four accounts that were recorded. I've also, I also saw where there was different reports that it wasn't the werewolf of Defiance, but the Germantown Dogman werewolf, but it's a fairly well-known set of encounters, and Yeah, it gets interesting. How interesting. In late July 1972, a man working for the railroad was on one of the Norfolk and Western train lines, and he saw something very strange. Two hairy paws on the ground in front of him, extraordinarily large. He very slowly looked up at the creature who was well over six feet tall, even hunched over, and it was holding a board. The railroad worker didn't really, didn't know what he was seeing, but the creature hit him on the shoulder and then ran with the board, like whacked him with the board and ran. That's kind of a (gasps) jerk move. I know, right? Like, what in the world? And why, if you're this big bad beast are you carrying a board to attack somebody like was this pre-planned or what 
I feel like that's such a little kid just comes up behind you with the water balloon, just smacks it on your back, giggles, and runs away. Right. A few days later, the railroad worker, he doesn't tell anybody about this for a couple of days because he's like, nobody's going to believe me. So I'm just not even going to say anything. But then about five days later, he's out working with a colleague in the same area and they both witnessed the same creature come back. This time they were at a, a safer distance and they just saw it kind of prowling in the bushes. When the creature saw them, it was startled and it ran. So at that point, they're like, okay, well, both of us saw this. Let's, let's file a police report. We'll see what's going on. Then I believe this happened on the same night and I could be wrong, but it was very in this close in that neighborhood of time frame. Another crewman on, of the train saw the same creature around three o'clock in the morning. It was later in, in some of the newspapers that the police chief said, we don't know what to think. We didn't release it to the news media when we got the first report about a week ago, but now we're taking it seriously. We're concerned about the safety of our people. After that, another report came in from a motorist who saw the same creature around four o'clock in the morning as it ran in front of his car and then disappeared into the woods. And then another report came from an employee at a local grocery store who was driving home after a late shift and saw an impossibly large dog man creature who matched the previous descriptions run in front of his car. And then, and then it gets better. There's more. There was an, a follow-up story printed where citizens of the town had concluded that this wasn't a creature, but a person. I'm not sure why they came to that conclusion. Just not sure. I don't know if there's something that had happened that made them think that this was a person all dressed up or if they just refused to believe that there was anything else going on. So they kind of decided to leave it alone because he hadn't robbed anybody or, you know, menaced anyone aside from whacking the first crewman, train crewman in the shoulder with the board. They basically just came to the conclusion that this was a local nut job running loose. And if we leave him alone, eventually he'll get bored, which <laughs> I don't know what to think. I, I'm thinking... I that's so weird. Kind of faded into obscurity a little bit. And then there's been a few other sightings. The most notable one was there was a night where there was, again, railway workers who were hooking up some train cars very late. And they looked over to see a towering werewolf with fangs bared who proceeded to attack them. But that was it. Like, that's all the information on that sighting. I'm not 100% sure what to think of that one so much. But there were so many reports. I don't know if it was just a mass hysteria kind of deal or what. But now they have a festival every year and it's become a local legend that they really enjoy, I guess, keeping alive. Like, there was even one guy that made a comment that, well, yeah, that was a hoax. 
it was his friend's dad who quit doing it because somebody shot at him. Oh, there was that. Is that one of those things that we're hearing now because somebody wanted the fame of it? Or is that because it was actually a hoax? And yeah. the only reason that I ask questions like that is, number one, there's so many different people that report interactions with dogmen that it, there's too many different reports across not only the state and the region, but the world and time for it to be nothing. Something somewhere perpetrated all of these legends and stories and has lent itself to stories that stick around for years. And by years, I mean centuries. Doing some of the digging into some of these different personal stories and things, I came across some really interesting history So when I started hearing about the different dogmen and one of which the description being a perfectly formed human body with the head of a dog, where did your brain go immediately with that? My brain automatically went Anubis. So did mine. Egyptian mythology, which, okay, made me go, well, what about the rest of history? And oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. See, I knew we were good friends because that's exactly what my brain did. And my, I got all the way back to the fifth century mm-hmm. and discovered this thing called cynocephaly, which is the condition of a human having the head of a dog. And it is described, not only described, but accepted through most of the world's cultures. And I thought this was really interesting. So all the way back into the 5th century, there's some writings by St. Augustine, who he was, he recorded, I don't even know how to, how to jump into this. He wrote of people called the Cynocephali, who barked, had the heads of dogs, and were more beast than man. Like, how weird is that? That's so weird. Several Greeks noted tribes in India, Liberia, Siberia, and Hungary, modern day, of course, Mm -hmm. that had cenocephali and were, in fact, dog hybrid men creatures, like entire tribes of them. Yeah. And then there was also these tribes clothed themselves in hides of wild animals that were crudely made as clothing. And again, most of the accounts, they barked and howled in a canine fashion instead of a human speech. And it goes even further because there's also several inkings from Eastern Orthodox churches that they portray St. Christopher with the head of a dog. Yeah. I also have down uh, St. Arrakis and St. Agani as being dog-headed saints. Yeah, all portrayed with the head of a dog. There's also many of the temples in Thailand have different pictures and murals that depict human bodies with heads of dogs. And they seem to be guardians at their temples. 
there's a story, an ancient story among the Inuit people about an Inuit woman who married a dog and had hybrid offspring that they called adlets. And that became part of their tribal origins. Hmm. And then we move into Japanese culture. And there is a people in their northern territory called the Inui people, A-I-N-U, which Mm -hmm. means sons of dogs. And apparently part of the legend of this culture was, again, a human woman that had dog hybrid children that populated the area. Hmm. And then we get into Central Asian cultures who have many, many, many ancestry myths that stem from hybrid dogmen. So then we move into Northern American Native cultures where there are creation legends that speak of being descended from a woman who took a dog as a mate. And it it just... There's just so much of that type of thing worldwide that it really blows my mind. And then we get into the Sumerians. One of their main goddesses, Bao, Bao, B-A-U, is again a dog-headed woman. As we mentioned before, the Egyptians had Anubis, but they apparently also had several lesser gods that were dog-headed or at least depicted as dog-headed in some instances. It's just such a strange thing to not have some basis. I found a really cool bit of info that, once again, I saw on one website and didn't fact-check myself, so whether or not it's true. (laughs) But it makes sense. So it said that Egyptians depicted their deities as animal heads and human bodies, but the head represented the original form. So it said, for instance, Anubis has the head of a jackal and the body of a person, but that's because it's a jackal in the shape of a person. Interesting. So I thought that was cool. Oh, I used to be absolutely obsessed with Egyptian (laughs) culture and mythology. And so I would just, I was so happy. I feel like I have seen that or read that same kind of thing or heard it on some sort of Discovery Channel documentary before. All of these different cultures, one of the biggest things I found that was just very interesting to me is that all of these ancient texts and scholars, there is no debate about the existence of these creatures. They are accepted as fact. The only debate that they had about these creatures was not of their existence. It was of how to classify them. Are they man or beast? That spoke volumes to me. And then mm-hmm. in the 1800s, the mention of these these Cenocephali people just kind of died out. I don't know if it was just something that started to be suppressed, if it was... I don't know. I don't know what to think. I don't either. Now, a couple of other things to touch on, because I'm, I'm coming to the end of what I have information-wise, is one thing that seems to happen quite regularly in this area in Ohio, and I guess this region, is these dogman sightings seem to coincide with Indian mounds. So 
one thing that I did come across is there's a map of dogman sightings, like pins on a Google map. And most of these sightings take place within one to three miles of a large Indian burial site. Then going through some of the history and everything and finding out that some of the Native American legends, creation legends and stories talk about being descended from these dog-human hybrids made me wonder if there's not something to that kind of connection. They also seem Hmm. to really like railroad tracks. (laughs) One of the things I listened to because I was listening to a podcast was they started going real, I'm going to say tinfoil hat on me. (laughs) Like, oh no, these dogmen are extraterrestrial beings that get summoned into the terrestrial world and I just went okay uh (laughs) uh-huh how are those drugs working out for you yeah but that's the only like weird thing see that seems to me almost like a carryover from where people have started to go with the whole Bigfoot thing here lately just just weird yeah I I don't know what to think anything like that but I mean I'm not saying it's completely wrong it just my brain doesn't go there Mine doesn't either. But that also would go along with, not the internet dimensional being thing, but the um, guardian of burial sites thing. Would kind of go along with the different types of dogmen being a thing, in my mind. The, yeah. It, the correlation between the sightings of the human dog-headed, you know, the, of the dog-headed human body type seems to be more often with the sightings that are super close to burial mounds. Whereas the the more canine type is seem to be a little more aggressive and less intelligent and don't usually seem yeah. to be around burial sites or anything. I don't know. I just don't know what to think of all of it. I really enjoyed looking into either. it. Yeah. It was definitely a fun learning experience and there's so many different stories and types of stories i did run into i guess maybe i should touch on a few of these other ones that from across the country because i just keep saying they're seen across the country and you're supposed to just take that as gospel so we did have we talked about the sighting of the beast of the sightings of the beast of bray road and there was also some sightings in texas around mcallen texas Instead of being the human body, dog-headed thing, this was much more of the canine type. And to the point where the people that saw it initially thought that it was like a Great Dane. But it was at the side of the road and it was racing or seemed to be racing their car until it jumped into the middle of the road between cars, calmly stood up on two feet and then walked across the rest of the road went back down onto all fours and disappeared into the night. That was kind of goosebumpy to me. Um, yeah. There was also some mention of Skinwalker Ranch in Utah and an encounter at one point there where a group of people walking down a road saw a group of men that were wearing suits and smoking cigarettes. And it wasn't until one of them turned to look at the guys that were walking that they realized that they had dog heads specifically 
very like pointed ears dogs and the witnesses ran they it terrified them so i thought that was kind of interesting and then the the last one that i had notes on which was seriously interesting to me and very conspiratorial is this set of people hit one with their car a park ranger who was retired was helping do a study on some of the different animals that were hit and killed by vehicles in state parks they got a report from somebody that they hit a bear with their jeep and when they got out there to take a look at this bear and do all of their data collection it was not a a bear in fact it had human type legs hands and feet with the physique of a quote ufc fighter However, it had a head and face of a dog, dog like ears, fangs, long protruding snout, and they very quickly called backup out to the scene. And the people in charge, like higher up than them, had them come back into headquarters. They were not allowed to further enter their data into anything. They came out and removed the body and all that was left was a couple of patches of hair on the underside of the car. Apparently, government agents took these hair samples, questioned the rangers and the owner of the Jeep, told them that it was in fact a bear, and threatened them to never speak of the matter again. Hmm. Yeah. So, those were all of cool. the kind of, and this was, this happened at a park out west. A non-specific park. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Yeah. So I thought it was really interesting. Yeah. Some of these are really weird. Some of these are really old. Some of these are fairly new. But the sightings and the descriptions tend to be fairly consistent and terrifying. The underlying, even the people that say that these things are not super aggressive, seem to be fairly terrified. I mean, a seven foot tall thing. A seven foot tall thing. Do you know how tall that is? And then it has the head of a dog. Yeah, I mean, my one uncle's like, I, stinking close, well over six and a half feet tall. And he's tall. He does not yeah. have a dog head, though, so. No, well, that's good. <laughs> I mean, how cool, though, would it be if you were related to a dog man? Uh. Just saying. Yeah, yeah, that'd be kind of, that would be kind of fun. But that is about anyway, all I Andrew have. Is yawning. <laughs> I am, and I have to go feed horses, and it's rainy, and I need to go with my sister-in-law out to Joanne's and get some fabric to make a quilt for my new nephew. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited about that. But I'll I have to go feed some hungry ponies. Yeah, they might enjoy that. Mm -hmm. Big time. So don't ask me what we're doing next because I don't know. <laughs> I was just gonna ask. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, oh, I was so focused on getting this episode recorded. I, I'm sorry. It's okay. We'll forgive you this one time. This one time. Updates. Apparently I was wrong with our one year anniversary. I don't know what the heck is going on. I don't know because apparently Anchor is wrong. We are wrong. But I did post a story that I saved on Instagram that did say November 17th. So November yes, 17th. Yes, I think that's is when our, our first episode was. Yeah. Yes. Happy, happy anniversary officially. So this one will come out the day before mm -hmm. our one year anniversary, which is fairly perfect. Yes. 
and we are working on 100 Facebook like slash one year anniversary giveaways. We are working, I promise. <laughs> it's going to be a slow process, but we are working on them. It's going to be fun. We have some cool stuff planned. So stay tuned. Yes. And I will pry out of Amanda what we're doing next. Yeah. As always. In the meantime, if you have any dogmen stories or other cryptid stories, please let us know. Facebook, email, Instagram, YouTube, website. Knock let on Andrew's know. door at work. She would love it. <laughs> if work didn't burn down. I got to check on that. Yeah. Hopefully work didn't burn down. So we will see you guys next time. Until next time. This has been a a Tall Tales, an independently written, recorded, and produced podcast. Our intro sounds are Crackling Fireplace by Julius H. and Nightwoods by Widget Studios. Our intro song is Harmonica Solo by Julius H. This podcast is intended for entertainment purposes only. <laughs>